0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 330 of the Professional Look Nerds podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Adam. I'm joined by Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? It's so rare that we're in the same room anymore. I know. I feel like this is a podcast sometimes hosted by Jill and sometimes hosted by Adam, but barely Jill and Adam anymore. Just realized I left. I joked with Christina on Thursday's episode, like, she's been in th- more than I have, for sure, this month.
1: Oh, that's very true, hasn't she? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: Pinch-hitting, so... Um, how have you been? (laughs) Fine. Yeah. Jill and I sit next to each other. So we see each other. We're just not in this room together. Um, do you want to talk about what this episode is? Because this is what this is like your in your long line of interviews you did.
1: Yes. Yes. This is, uh, the next in the midwinter series. Yeah. (laughs) Series. It's a series. Actually, I think the next couple are there might be some non ALA ones thrown in there, but, um, This is what happens. They bring authors whose books aren't coming out for a few months to build buzz. And so...
0: But then impossibly, like, every single thing, every single author that you talk to at a place, their books come out for months in advance. But then they're all, like, in a row. It's hysterical. Like, when I'm I'm looking at everything that I'm I'm planning out, all of my interviews for BookCon and our interviews for ALA, because we might be going there together, and impossibly every single book is, like, the same three dates in September.
1: Well, I can tell you that next week is not an LA one, but then the next two are, but I think that's it. I think after that, we'll have gone through all of mine. I have to double check. I have a list somewhere.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we plan.
1: We do plan. So anyway, so um, this is Helen Ellis. She uh, wrote American Housewife a couple of years ago, and she has a new collection of essays, personal essays, out called Southern Lady Code, where um, she sort of breaks down, you know, Southerners are somewhat known to um what's the word I'm looking for? They sort of talk
0: out of the side of their mouth. It's like there's like a saying for this.
1: Yeah, they make things say like nicer than they actually they they, they give a lot of shade. They and very things. they sugarcoat things and yeah, it's it's like it's code. So um she has written this uh collection of essays about marriage and manners and um she has a podcast that I think also called Southern Lady Go that we talk about where she goes through some of this as well um but these are true stories American Housewife was fiction but this is all um real stories she is (laughs) man she was delightful to talk to Mm -hmm. um she was just so fun and funny and she was like full-on bubbly and she still has her southern accent despite the fact that she's lived up here in the uh upper half of the united states for a long time now um she also loves libby yes she loves libby and i'm not just saying that and she was not just saying that she was so excited to tell me how much she loved libby
0: we should send her a t-shirt yeah.
1: We should send her a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get in contact with our yeah. our friends over at Penguin Random House. Um, yeah, she loves Libby, so it makes me so happy. Yeah, she was so much fun to talk to. She's just like you know when you hear people described as like effervescent, just like mm. she she was like bubbly champagne. I mean, yeah, she was just so much fun to talk well, to people
0: when you immediately meet them and you're like, oh, I want to be best friends with you, yes. right now, yes, yeah,
1: yeah. So that's Helen Ellis. So yeah we uh, talked about
0: Southern lady code that makes me so happy um, the reason I said the t-shirt thing is we had t-shirts and lo- we made libby t-shirts in lo- for Los Angeles where I was last weekend and we made like a box of them not a ton and I brought them into the office and Jill looked at them and he's like I'm gonna take one of those I was like that's fine and like several of the people in our office were like I want one of those and then when we got to LA we put the pictures of Ricky and I on social media and then like every everyone we didn't think anything of it but everyone's like I want one of those Libby t-shirts so it just becomes this thing now where everyone we talk to in the office it's like we apparently need to make way more of these so
1: they're super soft
0: maybe we should just start do- we don't have any pro book nerd shirts maybe just start yeah exactly and we should do that maybe we just start sending every author we talk to a libby shirt until we have a pbn version
1: yeah we need a pbn version of a shirt
0: Did we just have a great idea i don't know i, can- I
1: think so on
0: a friday no less Wow. Okay. If you want to get a hold of us, you can go to professionalbooknerds.com. That's our, e- or that's our website. Our email is professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Email us if you'd be interested in professional book nerds t-shirts. I just want to see if there's interest in that. Uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at probooknerds. You can tweet at us if you want t-shirts, too. I'm just curious. Um, and you can join our vibrant community. And then also on our website, you can find... The podcast channel that we belong to, uh, Evergreen Podcast, and there's some really awesome stuff there that I definitely recommend you go check out if you're not already. Um, Is that everything?
1: I think so. Cool. All
0: right. Well, I hope you guys enjoy this chat that Jill had with Helen Ellis on the Professional Book Nerds Podcast.
1: Hi everyone, this is Jill, and with me today I have Helen Ellis, author of The Eating the Cheshire Cat and American Housewife, which was like a huge thing, and her latest book is Southern Lady Code. Helen, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you so much for having me. (laughs)
1: So can you give our listeners a brief introduction to Southern Lady Code?
2: So if you are familiar with American Housewife, which was a collection of short stories, this is a bunch of essays, so they're all true. So it's about manners and marriage, murder and mammograms, ghosts and gay men.
1: That's pretty much
2: everything. Everything good.
1: And it's very alliterative. Yes. Yes, I try. I try. So, what made you write, want to write essays after writing fiction?
2: I never thought I would write essays. I thought that was cheating somehow. I thought I was supposed to make stuff up. And I wrote a piece Um, that was published in New York Times Modern Love called Making a Marriage Magically Tidy, which is about how I became a dominatrix Donna Reed to save my marriage. Sure, (laughs) Um, You know, I really condoed to the greatest extent. And I loved writing it. It came really easy to me. It got a huge response. And Doubleday said, do you want to write a whole book of these? And I said yes, (laughs) and pretended that I could do it. (laughs) And then just pretended for the next six months that I could do it, and I did it. (laughs) I think that gives confidence, though, to all those writers out there. Yes, yes. You just pretended your way through. Yes, and at one point, you you know, I worked specifically with my editor, Jenny Jackson, who worked with me on American Housewife, and when I... Sold the book I said I want to write each essay one at a time edit it put it to bed so we were working together and she would say in the beginning oh maybe you could have you know for example there's a story called or an essay called the Topeka three-way and it's sort of about stories that couples tell and it was hard for me to figure out what the, you know, what the gist of it was. Like, I was struggling with the story, and she said, oh, well, maybe you could have a couple, you know, do this or do that. And I said, but it's true. I can't make anything up. Right. I, oh, right. She said, right. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, we would be. I would be writing something like um, Straighten Up and Fly Right, which is about how I am the best airplane passenger to sit side, because, you know, I really Know my manners, like you want to go to the restroom after me because I do clean an airplane, restroom, toilet like I'm going to give it a tetanus shot. <laughs> and if our plane starts to crash, once the plane is at a 45 degree angle, I have been given permission to cheat and you will die with my lips against yours. <laughs> so I'm writing this piece and it started out, I guess, much more aggressive. And Jenny kept saying, you know, can't you can't you be nicer about this? Can't you be nicer about that? And I said, but this is the way I really feel. But so she did sort of stand off my edges a little bit. Tone down, yeah. As she, a play. I, I, my the editing mantra was tone down the bitch. I don't know. I think there's room for that though. Yes, and that's fine. Well, it's the whole purpose. It's the whole purpose of Southern Lady Code. If you don't have something nice to say, you say something not so nice in a nice way. Right. And in early drafts. I was just letting it I see all, you know, all free flow. <laughs> so then, how is the
1: book, um, since you write, wrote them one at a time, mm-hmm. how is the book, is there an order, I mean, obviously there's an order to the stories, but, or essays, but how did that all come together?
2: It's interesting, um, I wrote about things that sort of came up in my life. And at one point, I, and a lot of times they would, they would stem from actual events. So I wrote about the Topeka Three Way because I was at a party and one of the men told a story about how he was invited to a Three Way. And I looked at my husband and my husband would never <laughs> be allowed to tell such a story. <laughs> I mean, my husband cannot tell a story about how some female. Dwayne Reed employee helped him find odorators because I do not enjoy a woman who gets too close to my man. <laughs> um, so, or I would t- I wrote, a, I wrote an essay about, it's called Serious Women. I went to watch my friend, who is a Bronx district attorney, give her opening statements for a horrific murder trial. And I ended up staying for two weeks watching her and falling in love with her as... A friend, because I realized I have no idea what my friend does for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them sort of came about through real life experiences. And then about a, about a month before I was finished, I turned in the lot and we said, What's missing? And there were two pieces that i always wanted to write. And I think I got a running start with with the others the first was a room of one's own that's full of gay men sure
1: i mean yeah, (laughs) you know
2: and it's really about how some women moved to new york because they want to be an actress and i moved to new york because i wanted to be the only woman in a room of gay men (laughs) because growing up in alabama you know as far as we knew there were no gay men (laughs) because the question is is he gay or southern effeminate (laughs) A fair um, question. And my very own grandfather we asked that question about. Um, and it had taken me a long time to write about him, 25 years after he had died. And it is a love letter to him, but um, I had been working up the nerve to write about it. And the second piece, which was the very last piece I wrote, which I wanted to write about for years and never had the nerve, is called um, Free to Be, You and Me, and Child-Free. And it's about how I am 48 married to my husband for nearly 20 years and we decided not to have children and it's the nicest surprise of my life and I really wanted to write a piece for younger women to tell them it is okay you know to have that I love Lucy situation before little Ricky came along right. <laughs> um, because I was having that discussion with a lot of 30 year old women in my life um, and yeah, it's something I, I had always wanted to write about, and, and it's my favorite piece in the book.
1: That's what I'm very excited to read, because I'm uh, 37. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how old am I. Uh, <laughs> and I just got married, but we had the no-kids conversation before we had the marriage conversation. Yes. Yeah, yes. like we knew. And I think there's becoming more traction for mm-hmm. that as like, yeah, no, that's, that's totally
2: fine. It is a beautiful life. Let me tell you, <laughs> I was 11 years ahead of you. It is a beautiful and I will say, stress-free mm-hmm. life—it really is. Um, and I love—I love children, you right? Know, but I really love my life, and I, I, know. I know you will too. <laughs> well,
1: we sort of have this like inside. Like every once in a while, we'll see something, or something happens with like a
2: friends game. We're like, mm-hmm. you know, what we never have to deal with. That's right. That's that's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's another thing. Like I. I can't. Why I'm the best person to fly beside a plane? <laughs> if there's a screaming baby, I'm not going to look at your screaming baby. It's not that baby's fault. that's screaming, right. and I get to get off that plane and go home to <laughs> my two cats and a beautiful uh, home yeah. and yeah. Netflix marathon of Bad Breaking Bad. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh
1: my God! It was in my head. The question. And I And suddenly you were at peace.
2: I validated. <laughs> I validated your life choice. You're welcome.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, this is so, I'm like, it's not even, oh. How does your husband feel about the book?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He is really proud of it. He loves it. And I, when I was writing the essays, um, if you were in the essay, I gave you the essay as soon as my editor read it. And if you wanted to change your name or if you didn't want me to publish it, I would change your name, or I wouldn't publish it because I can think of something else to write mm-hmm. about. But nobody asked to change their name, and um, and all of them were published. And with my husband, he would read every essay aloud in early draft okay. form because he's a good. He's first of all, I want I really want to see his reaction, mm-hmm. and if he cringed at something, I would delete it um, because. I am not here to write about unhappy things. I mean, there are one or two unhappy things in in the book, um, but I have a happy marriage, and mm. uh, you know, I want you to see why it's a happy marriage. Right? My house is clean. and I have no children. <laughs> <That helps. laughs> but he's really proud of it, and it's such a again, it really is such a surprise because um, he's a journalist. Um, he's a he's editor at CBS, and. Um, He's used to dealing with true stories. So it was really a very nice help um, to have him look at the pieces and to sort of get his blessing. But I don't hold back. <laughs> that's okay. I think that's why people like you. <laughs> she doesn't hold back. His southern lady code for, I don't know, for you know, airs her dirty laundry. <laughs> yeah, there
1: you go. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Now that you've written some essays and found out you liked it, do you think you'll do it more often?
2: I can't think of doing anything else. Really? It has been such a joy. And in the meantime, um, since November, I started a mini podcast called Southern Lady Code. And it's like six minutes. um, And today, every, every week, it's just me doing a little deep dive into Southern Lady Code. So this week is, as long as you're reading, that's what's important. Is Southern Lady Code for I hate what you're reading. (laughs) Um, Or he's a night owl. Is Southern Lady Code for serial killer. (laughs) So um, I'm continuing to sort of write this nonfiction on a weekly basis, and I love it. I just love it. So I still find myself thinking in terms of um, essay form. Like, I'm 48, Mm -hmm. so it's no secret that perimenopause is upon me (laughs) like a panther in the night. And I want to write a piece called "Is It Me or My Hot Rollers?" So, <laughs> about about yeah. that. Um, so I'm still sort of thinking in in terms of nonfiction because it's surprisingly really easy because I don't have to make anything That's, up. That is
1: true. That is
2: true. <laughs> so I think there's something. So you grew you grew up in Alabama, Tuscaloosa, so. Alabama. Roll Tide! <laughs> although we're still recovering from the playoff. <laughs>
1: what? What do you think it is? Because I think you know the South in the Where southern. Are you from? I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what do you think about the well, <laughs> South? <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean, um, um this idea of Southern code mm-hmm. of being,
2: you know, the whole bless your heart thing. Like, mm-hmm. What is it about bless your heart? Is a <laughs> Samurai sword, <laughs> right?
1: That's what I mean. It and really
2: so is. Just like, wow. it, it probably is the last thing you'll hear before being pushed out of a moving vehicle. <laughs> um, it really is a way that we were raised. That if you can't have something, if you don't have something nice to say, say something not so nice in a nice way. Um, and what I like about it is you can get your plane across, and usually the person realizes that you've slit their throat like two. <laughs> two blocks away from you (laughs) um you know we all remember Julia Sugarbaker from Mm.
1: Designing Women
2: Women. the Terminator um who remains a southern lady icon and never said anything awful um but would tear a man down Ray Dawn (laughs) would tear (laughs) Ray Dawn down sometimes ladies like eating by themselves (laughs) Ray Dawn um yeah, I, I just think just because I'm soft-spoken doesn't mean I'm not strong.
1: That's a good answer.
2: Mm-hmm. I just thought it up.
1: Look at you. <laughs> Look at me. Like
2: I'm, on the fly. I'm quick like that. I'm quick. <laughs> so what other
1: things on your podcast? I'm very intrigued. I'm like seriously going to go yes. subscribe as soon Please as this do. is over. Please
2: do. Yes. Any other little... Oh, uh, what more about the podcast. Okay, so it's six minutes. You get a southern lady code, so, for example, she's young means, thank God you're not that age anymore, <laughs> um, or uh, your home is so festive is southern lady code for, oh my God, I count 83 elves on shelves in your living room alone, and then I give you two minutes on something that I find enjoyable. Okay. For example, I find velour housecoats enjoyable, <laughs> or radish mice Or this week, I find classic trashy books enjoyable. Always. And a classic trashy book is 20 years old, at least, has been on the bestseller list, made into a TV miniseries in the 80s, or has been banned, burned, or labeled women's fiction. And we all know what women's fiction means. It means, you know, women's fiction is what jealous people call novels that sell like legs pantyhose at a six-for-one sale. Um so uh so I talk about uh how I find you know Meredith Rich's Three Ways Enjoyable, um uh who else? Gordon Merrick's Man on Man. You know, I enjoy a classic <laughs> trashy book. <laughs> Which I will tell you a lot of the times I download on Libby. Yes. Yes, yeah, so I just listen to a woman of pleasure. <laughs> which is from 1748, and it was last month's Classic treasury Book Club by John Cleland. It was memoirs of a woman who enjoyed sex and had a kind of bed hop to save herself. Sure. And there were several versions on the library app Libby, and uh, it's very enjoyable. I I listened to Shogun on an app, on the Libby app. I had to listen to that on, like... (laughs) 1.75 because it's very long right and there's a lot of description of um the sea (laughs) and ships yeah but the whole point of shogun is karma is karma
1: i love that you love libby and i don't even have to like sell it oh no i love libby i'm the
2: palest version of the app (laughs) but we all love libby the whole book club loves Libby. oh really yeah yeah when we do a book club book Often, well, I'm the only one who actually reads the hardback book that everybody else reads ebook. So they get that on Libby, but I don't use. I don't read ebooks. I read the hardback books, but they love an audio book, um, and and Libby has most all the books we pick on audio. So okay. much appreciated. We're just to mm-hmm. be like a Libby spokesperson. I'm book. happy to be a <laughs> Libby spokesperson. <laughs> I wrote the entire Southern Lady Code in a library. Did you really? I wrote it at the New York Society Library. 79th and Madison, buried in the stacks, like next to all the Judith Kranzes, <laughs> under a little light at a little desk. Um, and every day I would go from like 10 to 11 and scroll myself away. And that's how the whole book got written in a library. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So were you a big library user when you were a kid? Always. Yeah. Always. Well, you know, again, I'm the, on um, Southern Lady for the Podcast this week, I talk about how, as long as you're reading, that's what's important means, I hate what you're reading, uh, my mother would take us to the library as from as soon as we could read and, uh, you know, would let me check out Stephen King, um, would let me check out, uh, well, I mean, really, Stephen King. <laughs> so when I was horrified or could not go to sleep because of dogs yep. or the prom, yep. um, she would just say, as long as you're reading, that's what's important. <laughs> and she would never... You know, ban a
1: book. Uh, Yeah. I'm a huge Stephen King fan as well. Me too. Let's discuss. Okay. Well, the interesting thing is, we've been doing this podcast for a little over three years now. Mm -hmm. No matter the author, no matter what genre we write, no matter how long they've been writing, Stephen King gets mentioned... Wow. ...more than any other author as having had some kind of impact. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's true. he...
2: I studied... When I would, when I wrote *American Housewife*, I was reading short stories constantly, and when I wrote um, *Southern Lady Code*, I was reading essay collections constantly because I was kind of teaching myself how right. to do it um, and pretending that I could do it. And um, when I wrote *In American Housewife*, my novel is brought to you by the good people at Tampax, which is about a novelist who gets sponsored by Tampax to write a novel, and she has to, you know, mention Tampax, sure. you know, in the book. <laughs> And then when she's not fulfilling the novel, they kidnap her husband. You know, they put her house under surveillance. And I studied Stephen King's short story, Quitters Anonymous, which is about a man who signs up at the company to quit smoking. And they cut off his wife's pinky. Yes. You know, they, they take different steps, measures, um, to ensure that he stops smoking. And I studied the pattern of that to write uh, my novel as brought it's a good to people at Tampax yeah yeah
1: his short stories are so
2: good yes 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 and once you read them you don't forget them I know we all remember what was it called it was in um you just say you don't forget it (laughs) I know it was a skeleton crew I believe and it was about the shipwreck a doctor is shipwrecked oh all he has is his medical bag nothing else on the island He's a heroine addict, and so after several days, he decides to um, numb his foot, cut it off, and yeah. eat it. Yeah. That is a good story. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's a good story. It's just
1: so incredible to me. There's something about Stephen. I mean, I think that speaks a lot to his writing ability mm-hmm. and his ability to connect with readers. But. And
2: one of the most romantic novels I think that's out there is Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Mm-hmm. That is a love story. Yeah. It's my favorite. Stephen King really and there are others but that one was such a surprise and now he's just such a master like Mm -hmm. with the outsider you start reading that book and you think you this man knows how to tell a story you're in good hands and I like this a nice 70 year old woman that's still attractive (laughs) you know Um, yeah you can really see the work change Um, and you can always go back to it oh it's delicious think it's the storytelling. You're right. He's yeah. just a good storyteller. He's telling. a good storyteller. And it's the best book on writing, on writing. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's out there. That's mm-hmm. so good. It's
1: so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have to ask a little bit about poker.
2: Uh, yes, ma'am. Whatever <laughs> so you want How exactly know. did that happen? <laughs> it happened when I was six years old. Uh, my father taught me to play seven cards stud with granddaddy at the kitchen table. I continued to play. And then when I turned 21, he met me in Vegas and ever since then I've met him twice a year to play and since 2008 I've been playing on the tournament circuit although I will say with the success of American Housewife and Southern Lady Code I have not been playing as much poker although this is a gamble in the sense (laughs) more of a gamble Um, but uh, right now right now we are here in Seattle. We are. And in Atlantic City it's where I would normally be on the 27th of January playing the WPT uh, World Poker Tour um, Winter Open at, at the Borgata. And I am here for you <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> instead you. of there. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, I
1: mean, do the people, uh, the other people on the tour know
2: who you are
1: outside of poker? Is there anybody who are like fans?
2: Some people know now. But really, if you meet me at a poker table, and if you even bother to ask me, because it really is 4% women. So if a man asks me, what do you do? I still say housewife, because I just want to shut that conversation down. (laughs) Um, But yeah, some people, some people know, but for the most part, it's, they don't. (laughs) It's my secret. (laughs) You'd think that the poker would be the secret, but it's the it's the writing that's the secret but i will say that you know i have there have been years where i didn't write and there have been years of failing at writing but there were three years where i did not write uh but there's never been a year where i wasn't playing poker since i was 21 that is amazing yeah it's easier (laughs) Poker's easier yes it's much easier and uh (laughs) and uh it is it is and certainly more social That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is where I am definitely my... Poker tournament and writing is where I am my most true self. I don't worry... You know, I like confrontation, but I can be quiet. I don't have to say a word, and I can take all of your money. And it's just lying to you. I mean, that's all poker is. It's just lying. And that's all writing is, usually, is just lying. Fair. Until Southern Lady Code. Which is all the truth. (laughs) The glorious, glorious, dirty truth. (laughs) (laughs) But like the good truth, so. The good truth. Yeah. 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 There are a few bits that aren't so good, but they're, Cushioned. <laughs> They're cushioned. cushioned in there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. toned down a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yep like a pearl in a cotton box It's <laughs> a good way of putting <laughs> so
1: at the end of all of our interviews we do something called the nerd nine ready it's like a <laughs> all right um last book you finished reading last book
2: i finished reading oh gosh um it was a woman of pleasure <laughs> by john cleveland <laughs> favorite place to read Favorite place to read? Um, I would say it's the New York Society Library. They have a reading room, and I like to go in there and sit by the window. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, book that made you fall in love with reading? Um, Judy Bloom.
1: Are you there, God? It's me, yeah. Margaret. One place you'd like to travel to that you haven't been to yet?
2: I would like to go to the Far East. That's a very large category. That is a very. But I figure <laughs> I can make it <laughs> the Far East. Well, it's a big category. So we did just read Shogun. Maybe that's no, why. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, favorite holiday? Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Coffee or tea? Um, Ice latte. Oh. Yeah. All right. Good answer. With extra
1: ice. That's like in the coffee category. With coffee. Cats or dogs? Cats. Okay, good. Honey. Well, yes. I'm, <laughs> I know. You showed up with cat ears oh, to this true. interview. Cats.
2: <laughs> favorite food? Right now? <laughs> Right now, um, I have... Been, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's what I have been making the most of since Christmas. Hot artichoke dip. <laughs> hot ar- nothing wrong with hot that. Hot artichoke dip is my new favorite thing. I've made it four times. <laughs> it is a block of cream cheese, a cup of grated Parmesan cheese, and a can of chopped up artichoke hearts, and then whatever, you know, you have in your spice, Lazy Susan, and you... Blend that all up and put it in the oven at 400 degrees and 10 minutes later, delicious. Serve with club crackers, butter club crackers.
1: Those things are so good. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But it has to be
2: those? It should be
1: those. All right. You know,
2: when in doubt, use a Ritz. Everything tastes good on a Ritz. That's true. Yes.
1: Dinner, if you go to dinner with one person that are alive, who would it be? Stephen King. Yeah, I figured. (laughs) I have to yes. ask it. I just have
2: to ask it anyway. Oh, <laughs> you set me up for that one. I, well, yeah. <laughs> yes, but you know what? I oh, wore Judith Krantz. Okay, Judith Krantz. She is the queen of our classic trashy book club. The woman knew how to write a novel. That is true. Yeah, Princess Daisy, Scruples, the Straw's daughter. I could go on. Finally, what would you like readers to take away from Southern Lady Code?
1: Be honest, and funny, and kind. Ellen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much.